0: This is an AMI podcast. Hi, I'm Fern Nullum, and welcome to Into You, the podcast where we put love under the microscope, shedding light on the do's, don'ts, and nightmare scenarios we find ourselves in while flirting with romance.
1: These things infuriate me about the person, and I never realized how incompatible and different we were. We all come at dating from a slightly different angle,
0: but we are often faced with very similar situations to shape up to.
1: You could be 10 years into a relationship and never really thought about what you needed or wanted, and this happens a lot.
0: Yeah, it's so much easier to point the finger at everyone else, isn't it, than to actually look in the mirror and say, hey, maybe I have some stuff too. Dating can uncover things about ourselves we never knew before. So without further ado, let's get into you. Are you ready? I believe so. I'm ready, yeah great okay well hello there great to have you along on the perfect podcast for anyone who has ever picked apart a romantic situation and longed to know why it went the way it did it's into you And let me tell you that today's episode is going to help you unpack some sumptuous self-discovery as we dig into part two of Dating Red Flags with licensed psychologist and founder of Bear Psychology, Dr. Jessica January Bear. Last time, Jessica told us what red flags actually
1: are. Basically perceived negative or unusual behavior in someone else that misaligns with your values, causes harm or is otherwise distasteful to you.
0: And whether understanding where someone's red flag may come from makes it excusable? We
1: don't want to say, well, they're not bad at all, and therefore I should stay with them. But it's not black and white. It's, is this a compatible relationship for me to kind of have a state of health?
0: Today, Jessica explains why being too quick to identify red flags in others could end up hurting us. If we have a lot of villains in our story,
1: it's going to be a lot of chaos and a lot of drama. And shares how we can identify our own potential red flags. When we are consistently triggered by particular behavior in partners or in people in our environment, it actually tells us quite a bit about what's going on inside of us if we just dig beneath the surface a little bit. But
0: first, I was keen to find out whether there were any myths or misconceptions
1: when it comes to red flags which Jessica wanted to run up the mast. The idea that someone, when they have red flags, that they're doing it knowingly and deliberately and consciously, I think it often feels that way, Um, especially when you communicate your needs to someone and they're unable to meet them. It feels like, well, I told them what I needed. Why wouldn't they meet my needs? It must be because they're a horrible person and they're a narcissist. I think that's maybe a, a, a sort of general trope that we have in our minds that if someone hurts us, we kind of assume intent and even without intent it still hurts you and that's okay to acknowledge and it doesn't mean that that behavior just because it wasn't intentional shouldn't be treated as serious but I think it can help to again devilify people in your life and in your world which ultimately you know if we have a lot of villains in our story, It's going to be a lot of chaos and a lot of drama. And it's really helpful to maintain the understanding that, again, even people who display really negative or hurtful behavior are often hurt themselves. And so it's not necessarily cruel and vicious and intentional. Sometimes maybe it is, but more times than not, it's coming from a place of pain or trauma or hurt. And we want to just keep that online. And I suppose a big part of being able
0: to remember that might be what you were saying earlier about remembering that we all may have some red flags. To some people, we will have red flags by definition. So how might we be able to spot our own red flags, things that other people might perceive in us as not such good behavior?
1: Sure. So in lieu of someone telling you or sharing with you, you might you know, notice where your Strengths and weaknesses are in terms of your like interpersonal relationships and communication. So, things that we might do, like you mentioned before, is a little bit of lying to ourselves. Perhaps we're someone who is late a lot and we tell ourselves, well, you know, they know that's just how I am. I'm late. I'm a late person. No big deal. They'll understand. And, you know, we recognize that as behavior that is not necessarily bad or good, but. Aberrant, right? Different from the standard or the expectation. And anytime we kind of find ourselves differing from the standard or expectation, especially if we would tone that behavior as negative, those might be things that we could examine and work on. Just the act of self awareness in and of itself is sort of the examining of our red flags, right? What are areas in my life that are the most challenging to me, especially interpersonally? And do any of those affect other people? And what are other people's reactions towards me? It's sort of like facing a difficult reflection in the mirror sometimes, but. When you have the truth, you have a place to start and a place to work from. So I I would definitely say, you know, examining the areas of your life that you have the most difficulty, especially interpersonally, and being really honest with yourself about your contribution to those dynamics as opposed to only seeing the way that others affect you.
0: God, Yeah, it's so much easier to point the finger at everyone else, isn't it? Than to actually look in the mirror and say, hey, maybe I have some stuff too. So can somebody who we see as having some red flags still be a good partner?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, a red flag is only as red as, uh, you know, you interpret it to be we're all imperfect and you know that's why marriage is difficult and that's why relationships are are difficult because you're taking two people with two unique personalities and unique life experiences and attempting to create a union and a partnership between them it takes constant negotiating so there's always going to be things that are viewed as maybe we'll call them red flags, but it could also be differences in values, right? So what is the threshold to which you can tolerate a difference in values or certain behaviors that maybe you wouldn't engage in? And if that threshold is not passed, you know, maybe you can tolerate certain things and okay, we're just different in that way. And, you know, for instance, maybe it's a red flag that, I don't know, your partner goes to, Concerts all the time, and you really don't like that. That feels like potentially, I don't know, I'm going to make up some potential associations, but maybe it feels immature. Maybe it feels reckless. But in all the other ways, there's really nothing else that concerns you. So maybe that's a red flag that over time we recognize okay it's a value difference but it's actually not so negatively toned there's really not so many offenses that are being caused to me based on that behavior so why not incorporate it and kind of accept it so to run from the first sign of a red flag i think should be dependent on how far past that threshold that red flag takes you and recognizing maybe there's lots of different colors, right? It's not just red and green. Maybe there's some orange flags in there. Again, trying to find the gray everywhere we go. (laughs) Love a bit of gray.
0: What I love about what you just said there is actually exploring why we feel this way, because quite often I think we, you know, we identify things in our partners that we think, oh, I don't like that. But actually, if somebody said, why don't you look like that? And what does that make you feel? Quite often, we can't answer that question. It's just a, "Mm, that annoys me when they do that. But you know, just thinking about why does that happen? That sounds like it could be really helpful in knowing yourself and understanding your relationship more.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I I think that in all aspects of life, reflecting back to what's going on internally within you is really helpful. And and there's a, there's a Carl Jung quote that I think is really appropriate here. I might not uh, repeat it back perfectly, but what infuriates us or what annoys us about others tells us a lot about what we're blocking out in ourselves. And so sometimes, you know, when we are consistently triggered by, A particular behavior in partners or in people in our environment, it actually tells us quite a bit about what's going on inside of us if we just dig beneath the surface a little bit. If we go right under the surface of annoyance, what is it? What's under there? Already we have some anger. Maybe we have some contempt. What's going on? What is that bringing up in you? So there's actually like a lot of opportunity to explore and uh, benefit both yourself and your relationships through this practice.
0: See, love the thought that Carl Jung was already onto red flags even back in his day. <laughs> they really have been around forever. Oh, yes, they have. <laughs> Jessica had done what psychologists do best by encouraging us to stop looking to others to flag down bad behaviour and instead take a good long hard look at ourselves. It made me curious to know what kind of red flags others might associate with themselves. So, as is the protocol of most scientific studies in 2022, I put out a post on social media, and here are a selection of my favourite answers. The sentence reads, Something my date might see as a red flag in me is... Finish the sentence. Liz that he will always have to compete with the other man in my life, my dog Scampy. Ah, oh, I wouldn't worry about any competition there, Liz. Scampy's the clear winner, isn't he? George, my secret obsession with trashy TV shows. Well, everyone needs some mindless entertainment sometimes, George. For many, it's this podcast. Fiona, the hand-knitted cardigan that my aunt made me. Yeah, you might be better off just being cold for the first few dates, Fiona. I'm not going to lie to you. And Jason, something my date might see as a red flag in me is getting her name read out on a podcast before we've even met. Sorry, Emily. You never know, Jason. Emily might not even listen to you. Oh, actually, no. What am I thinking? You wouldn't date anyone like that now, would you? Jason, would you? Jessica's introspective approach to red flags was refreshing, Far from the accusatory and condemning view of red flags we often see online and in the media, where everyone seems to become a villain but us, Jessica's challenge was to level the playing field a little in dating, and build up some empathy through shared imperfection. Although romance is very rarely like the final scene in Love Actually, perhaps an airport terminal is in some ways a very poignant metaphor for a first date, as we all come to relationships with our own set of baggage and at least one carry-on item. Still, there was more I wanted to know from Jessica. Like, how can we get better at identifying red flags in our relationships earlier on? How do you know the difference between what you can live with in a partner and what could potentially end up landing you
1: in dire dating despair? If something annoys you annoyed is not a very descriptive word. Um annoyed could be, you know, there's a fly in the room and it's a little it's a it's pestilent and it's a little obnoxious or it can be, you know, I'm really frustrated and I'm at the end of my rope. So we want to be really descriptive in our understanding of our own emotions and our own reactions to things, as well as those values. So if something annoys you a little, but it's related to a core value and there's a core value discrepancy between you and your partner, that is not something that is just going to go away on its own. So instead of ignoring things that are imperfect, We actually want to pretty bravely like face those things and determine, you know, where is this really coming from? And is it core to my personality and my self-concept and my wishes and desires? And if it really is fundamentally mismatched, then, you know, that's where, you know, you kind of think about, are there interventions here? Or is this somewhere where, you know, maybe we don't continue. But, you know, like you said, you could be 10 years into a relationship and never really thought about what you needed or wanted. And this happens a lot. People get married, they have kids, life is hectic and crazy. And then once things start to slow down a little bit, they go, huh? These things infuriate me about the person and I never realized how incompatible and different we were. And so we really want to be um, fair to ourselves um, and give yourself the chance to actually deal with the feelings and the emotions that you're having rather than saving them for later when, you know, it's like kind of like procrastination. It's going to be a lot harder to sift through these feelings after they've built up for a bunch of years rather than as they come up one at a time.
0: Mm. I mean, like I said earlier, it seems like the less attractive, more scary option. But actually, the more you talk about it, the more I think that is clearly the way to have better relationships in the future to identify them in yourself, because it's easy to go around pointing the finger at other people, like I said earlier. But actually, that's not helping you to move forward, you know, because you might break up with these partners, but you're always going to be with you, you know, you can't leave Mm -hmm. yourself. (laughs)
1: Exactly. And when you see this kind of behavior again in the future, you might be right directly where you started instead of being a little bit further along. Oh, I actually know what that is and I know it doesn't work for me. So I'm not going to waste my time here. Mm -hmm. Or actually I know what that is. And it's something that like I have had some success dealing with before. So I will continue to see this person. It kind of gives you a little bit more confidence about what you're looking for and what is healthy and right for you rather than just rolling with it and and going completely on autopilot.
0: I think we all need a bit more confidence in what is right for us. What a lovely um, piece of medicine that would be. (laughs) So finally, Jessica, this is kind of my million dollar question in all the different topics, but I love asking it because it has some great answers. What has studying and understanding red flags, as you clearly do very, very well, taught you about dating and relationships in general or falling in love or, you know, what has it taught you? What are the lessons here?
1: So this is sort of just uh, a little piece of a much, much bigger puzzle of uh, the dynamics of human relationships. And we are really complicated and complex. And we come with not only the histories of our lived experience, but also the histories of our intergenerational families. And, you know, even the collective sort of unconscious of the human spirit and experience. So we really, I would say while it's so tempting to be caught and trapped in your own emotional experience based on what's happening in front of you, we also want to zoom out and be fair to others and to ourselves. Because if, you know, just like if we're not kind to us, and if we don't have understanding for ourselves, we're not going to be able to have understanding for others. And that really can affect the way that we find success and happiness in relationships. So overall, I would say as humans, we're pattern uh, recognition machines, and we could either use that to make really fast assumptions and judgments, or we can use that to help us learn and grow and and build upon our knowledge. And so that would be sort of my two cents there. I'm not sure if it's a million dollar answer to your million question. Um, But definitely, again, pointing in towards that self-awareness and willingness to grow and willingness to look at the hard stuff in order to get the real reward later. Do you know what, Jessica, that's
0: more than a million dollars. That's an invaluable answer. (laughs) That was a beautiful (laughs) answer. Very nicely put, um, as I've come to expect. So that's all of my questions that I wanted to ask. Was
1: there anything else that you wanted to add on this topic that we haven't covered yet? Just, I would say to, you know, stay open-minded and read and communicate, and it should lead everybody a little bit closer, at least in the direction of, of where they're hoping to go. And if, as
0: I'm sure everyone is, intrigued to find out more about your work and all of the wonderful things that you do, where can we find you online? Is there anything that we can look up and find out more about the work that you do in this area?
1: Absolutely. So you can check out our website learn more about myself and my colleagues at our practice, Bear Psychology. The website is www.bearbehrpsychology.com. You can also find us on TikTok or Instagram at bearbehrpsychology. You can reach out to us anytime with questions and we're always here. Well, Jessica,
0: you are a very vibrant and colourful personality, but you have taught me today to look for the grey, and I will always be doing that from now on. So thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on and in talking to you about this topic, because it's it's just fascinating, and I
1: really appreciate everything that you've said. Thank you, Fern. It was a pleasure for me as well. Have a great rest of your day.
0: Jessica's message of being just as curious about yourself as you are about anyone you're romantically involved with was a powerful one. So often it can feel far easier to obsess over everybody else on the planet in order to avoid our own issues, and yet it seemed logical to me that the more we know about ourselves, the better placed we are to feel confident in finding the kind of relationship which is truly right for us. As always, I want to hear from you. What have you learned about your own red flags? And how do you think those traits could have affected your past relationships? Leave me a comment and let me know. For now, though, you've been listening to Into You with me, Fern Lullum. Special thanks to my guest, Dr. Jessica January-Bear, whose links will be in the show notes. Also to Joshua Holland and Sam Robinson for technical support, and to the manager of AMI, Andy Frank. Leave me your feedback at feedback at ami.ca. And if you liked what you heard, make sure to search for Into You on your favourite or indeed any podcast distributing platform and subscribe for more episodes coming your way on the first Thursday of every month. For now, it's time to give red flags a big old wave goodbye.